shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. What is cultural diversity and why is it important to understand the value? Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. Platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Young Ju An, and today's show is all about respecting and appreciating our differences through cultural diversity. And I'm Ryan Sim. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. With 7 billion people in the world speaking more than 6,000 languages, we are different, yet we are all human. If we are to build a world where we can all get along, we have to appreciate, understand, and celebrate the diversity in cultures. And Ryan is our global youth talk ambassador, and he's going to share information about cultural diversity and why it's important to us. So what do you have for us today, Ryan? So if you're looking for a real multicultural experience, you should head to Chad in North Central Africa, where 8.6 million residents belong to more than 100 ethnic groups, or to Togo, home to 37 tribal groups that speak one of 39 languages. On the other hand, if you want to visit countries that are the least culturally diverse, you should pay a visit to Argentina, Haiti, or the Comoros Islands off the southeast coast of Africa. So after looking at more than 180 countries, the researcher Erkin Gorin of the University of Oldenburg in Germany found that African countries typically rank high on any diversity index because of their multitude of tribal groups and languages. The only Western country to break into the top 20 of the most diverse is Canada. And the United States ranks near the middle, slightly more diverse than Russia, but slightly less diverse than Spain. So personally, I'm surprised that the U.S. ranks near the middle of culturally diverse countries around the world because I always thought that we would be ranked more near the top of the culturally diverse countries. However, there's no doubt that the United States is still influenced by many groups of people with diverse religions, languages, and cultures. In fact, according to Wikipedia, which I know might not be considered that credible of a source, but the United States has about 150 or more ethnic groups. Also, the United States has traditionally been thought of as a melting pot, which is a metaphor that symbolizes the blending of many different cultures. However, since the 1960s, the United States has been moving towards more cultural diversity and the image of like a salad bowl. And furthermore, more efforts are being made to bring awareness of different cultures and to encourage Americans to celebrate cultural diversity. So I'd like to end with a quote before we enter questions from Kaplan University professor Lisa Belfield who once said that cultural diversity supports the idea that every person can make a unique and positive contribution to a larger society because of, rather than in spite of, their differences. Imagine a place where diversity is recognized and respected. 
Various cultural ideas are acknowledged in values. Con contributions from all groups are encouraged. People are empowered to achieve their full potential and differences are celebrated. That's what we want to celebrate and that's why we're having this segment today of celebrating diversity in cultures. Yeah, I definitely believe that cultural diversity should be celebrated. And I did read something along the lines that the U.S. was moving towards what you said, the image of the salad bowl. And so it's interesting that you bring it up again. So how do we define culture in the U.S.? So I think culture isn't just like we can't nail it down to one thing. I think that culture is very broad and it can include things from like language, religion, cuisine, social habits, music, and arts. So I think it um, encompasses a lot of different things. Yeah, culture can't be pinned down. And I'm taking a course right now. It's called um, Comparative Politics. And it's really interesting to see how big of a role culture has when you're comparing the political structure of a country, too. And what does it mean to be culturally diverse? So what I think being culturally diverse means is to recognize and respect the thousands of cultures that exist in our world. I think it also means to celebrate these cultural differences as something that gives us strength and a unique perspective rather than something to just be tolerated. And is it good to celebrate cultural diversity? Like, why is it a good thing? So um, I think that what culture is, is basically how a society decides whether something is normal. So like, for example, take American culture, where it's customary to give someone a thumbs up to say, good job. But like in African countries, and some cultures, giving someone a thumbs up is actually an insult. So that's why when cultures collide, sometimes conflicts arise, discrimination occurs, and feelings are hurt. So this brings me to the point that cultural diversity is important, because it helps us understand the different perspectives around the world, and respect their other ways of life. In this way, we can get rid of negative stereotypes and personal biases that we might have about other groups. Plus, just to be honest, it makes life a lot more interesting. Mm -hmm. Because can you imagine not being able to go out for pizza or Chinese food or Mexican food? Like, ultimately, these cultural differences give our bland lives some spice in our life. Cultural diversity is something that is really interesting for me to study, being part of two cultures. I think you're also part of two cultures as well. But when I travel back to Korea and during the summer or like winter break, it's so different um, seeing how people interact. Like Korean culture is especially like very like personal. You are very touchy-feely and American culture is more reserved. So it's always funny to notice the little quirks like what you said with the thumbs up. But do you have any personal memories of how multicultural activities were incorporated into your school life or social setting? So um, I remember in elementary school, we had this annual multicultural day where students were encouraged to bring their specific ethnic foods and like share it with the class. <laughs> and um, I remember that I, I personally brought like Korean barbecue <laughs> and um, I got to experiment with all the foods from all of the round of the all around the world and that really gave me um like an interesting like perspective on like how there's different types of food out there besides just like pizza or macaroni and cheese when I was little and oh and also like in middle school we had like heritage night mm -hmm. where students performed different types of cultural music and booths were set up in the gymnasium and there were also different types of cultural foods. 
Yeah, in Spanish in middle school and other languages too. I think it was with French and Spanish classes. We all had this day where we picked a country and we decided to bring foods that were culturally from that area and it was so interesting to have all these people bring food from their own heritage and it was eye-opening because I hadn't realized that all these people were from so many different countries and so many different backgrounds and Oh, I was just talking about this with my friend, too. When you have to take a standardized test or fill out college applications, you have to say what race you are. And it was really interesting to talk to some of my American friends who were really upset that there was only a box called white because even American people, because America was such a cultural melting pot, they have so many different backgrounds from Armenian to European to Irish. And it's really interesting. Yeah, I think that um, it's pretty weird how, like, they would categorize, like, all of the American people as just white <laughs> when there are so many, you know, different types, like Spanish, like um, Italian, all yeah. those different kinds. So, yeah, I think that you bring up an interesting point. <laughs> and are there any ways of teaching multicultural education in school, like implementing it in a class? Well, actually, um, it's interesting that you bring that up because, um, like, at my school, I'm the president of the Model United Nations Club, mm -hmm. and um, we're thinking about implementing this Model United Nations class in a few years. Wow. And what this Model United Nations um, class would do, would it would be, like, basically engaging the students with different, um, like, cultures from around the world. It would expose them to different sorts of governments and politics that there are just sort of like your comparative yeah. politics class and um i think that that's something that is going to be interesting in a few years and that just kind of reminded me of what we've been i'm um, trying to do at my school but is there anything like at your school that they've been doing Oh, I know our, my school also wanted to implement a model UN class. Our comparative politics class is growing every year. And it's just interesting to learn about different cultures and to focus on why each culture is good and not necessarily the bad stereotyping that has occurred in recent years. But thank you so much, Ryan. Our radio team in itself is very multicultural and diverse. So we're doing our part to celebrate our differences and also our similarities as people. I'm Youngju on and you are listening to express yourself teen radio and i'm ryan sin in our next two segments you'll meet an internationally acclaimed novelist who grew up on a tiny island in the caribbean with her books that span the globe during the break visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com to see photos descriptions links and more also be sure to check us out on tumblr at www.btsyaradio.tumblr.com Fifteen minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. 
looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Young Juwan, and today on Express Yourself, our theme is celebrating diversity. We have a special guest, international best-selling young adult author, Amelie Howard. And I'm Ryan Sim, 17 Magazine Summer Club author, Amelie Howard, grew up on the small Caribbean island of Trinidad, where she spent most of her childhood with her nose buried in a book, or being a tomboy running around barefoot, shimmying up mango trees and dreaming of adventure. 22 countries surfing with sharks and several tattoos later, she has traded in bungee jumping for ch- in China for writing the adventure she imagines instead. She isn't entirely convinced which takes more guts. Amali is the author of Bloodspell, Waterfall, and Almost Girl, and her newest novel is Alpha Goddess. Welcome, Amali, to Express Yourself. Hello! Hello! Hey, guys! Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, that, um, it's our pleasure entirely. So um, my question for you um, is tell us how you've been, how growing up in Trinidad has influenced your writing because it sounds like it was definitely an interesting experience while you were young. Well, you know, I mean, <clears throat> in that area of the world, it's just full of folklore and mysticism and, you know, talk about it being a really great foundation for dreaming, reading and writing, you know, fantasy, which is kind of one of my loves. Um, there's a lot of local le- legend, a lot of folklore. And, you know, my imagination just had a lot of food for thought. And, you know, my parents, you know, we weren't really the, the wealthiest family, but Anything we wanted in terms of books, we got. Mm-hmm. So my library was always stocked with everything. So, um, and then, you know, we also were the family that saved money to travel. So, um, you know, my love of reading and traveling started at a very young age. And when I started writing, you know, I was pretty young, um, probably around six or seven. I just, I just loved discovering new worlds and, you know, kind of escaping into them. And I haven't ever been to Trinidad, but since it is an island, is there diversity of culture in Trinidad? How is the diversity there? Absolutely. That's a great question. It's huge because, um, you know, Trinidad, you you have like the culture is a mix of, um, you know, 
from colonialism, colonial days where, you know, you had the, you had the slaves and then you had indentured laborers and then you had Chinese indentured laborers and Indian ones. And, you know, so there's a very, very diverse cultural mix of people, blacks, browns, yellows, red, all colors. And we grew up, I mean, I grew up celebrating all other cultures because that's how, just how it is in that country. I mean, everybody celebrates everyone's uh, religious holidays, religious traditions. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's, and you don't find a pocket type of community like that anywhere in the world. I don't think I've seen that. So, yeah, I think that Trinidad definitely sounds like a pretty amazing place to grow up. But um, my question is, how did you become a published writer? And is it something that you always knew that you wanted to do? You know, <clears throat> I've always loved writing. Even from a very young age, I was always scribbling mm -hmm. into a journal um, you know, my first story, I think I was nine years old, I wrote a story about a girl who had these tattoos that were trying to, like, drag her to do different things. I mean, I was nine, that's kind of like, you know, <laughs> a little crazy, but still, you know, I liked experimenting. I think deep down, I always knew that I was meant to be a writer. Um, I had my first poem published when I was 12. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I think, yes, the answer to your question is I, I think I always knew, but then, you know, as I got older, I was like, Ooh, I want to make money and how do I pay the bills? <laughs> and so I got into a career in telecommunications where I did really well, but you know, something was missing. And then I realized I really missed writing. So as far as becoming like a published author, you know, I followed the traditional steps. I got an agent and got a book deal and what, um, Blood Spell was my first book in 2011. And it's a story about a girl who's a witch. Um, and she has to figure out how to, uh, like her magic is, you know, it can pull her to do different things. So if you look at what I just said, it's kind of connected to that story. I talked about the girl with the tattoos. Like I've always loved like, exploring those kinds mm. of ideas and themes. So, I mean, it wasn't always an easy path um, mm. to becoming a published author, but you know, the, the main thing that I, I want to say is that I never gave up. And now this mm. year I have four books coming out, mm. you know, so. <laughs> and since you were just a small child when you really got into reading and writing, which mm. authors and books have inspired you since then to now from coming up with this career and writing your own books? Oh, that's a great question. So, like, some of the books that I loved as a kid um, and as a teen were Grimm's Fairy Tales. <laughs> I liked them because they were super dark and, you know, they weren't afraid to explore the darker nature of, like, fantasy. Um, Anne of Green Gables was yeah. one of my favorite books. I loved, loved <laughs> Anne Shirley. <laughs> um, Chronicles of Narnia, Lord of the Rings, Go Ask Alice, um... Tuesdays with Maury, Queen of the Damned, uh, Count of Mon Monte Cristo, Pride and Prejudice, and Harry Potter. Of course, as I'm older, I, I think as a kid, I would have loved those books. But I love them now. I mean, I have all of them. You know, Harry yeah. Potter, The Hunger Games, Twilight, I have them all. <laughs> so, you know, my favorite authors would be like, I love Anne Rice, um, J.K. Rowling, Kristen Cashore, C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, um, and Suzanne Collins, I'd probably say, are my favorite <laughs> So um, out of all of those books that you just listed, mm -hmm. if you had the chance to star as a character in any of these books, and I mean, like, besides your own books, um, which book would it be and which character and why? Oh, that's, 
That's another <laughs> good question. Um, you know, outside of my characters, I love Hermione Granger. <laughs> like, I just, who wouldn't want to be the most powerful <laughs> witch, smartest witch at Hogwarts? That, that would be me. <laughs> you know, or um, um, Kristen Kishore's fire. She's just this beautiful, like, half monster, half human, and she's <laughs> just super powerful. And <laughs> So I would be her or Hermione. <laughs> and which young adult off herons have inspired you for alpha goddess or your other books coming out this year which young adult sorry uh, which young adult heroines or characters have inspired you oh you know that's um it's another great question what's going on with you guys <laughs> <laughs> um some of my favorite heroines are um you know from more popular books i would say like katniss everdeen i mean she's She's just super focused. She's strong. She knows exactly what she wants. I said Hermione before, um, and Katza also from a Kristen Kishore book. It's Grace Ling and um, Anne Shirley. Those are some of my favorite heroines because they connect, right? They connect mm -hmm. with the person reading the book. And when yeah. I was writing my character, Sarah, for Alpha Goddess, I really wanted to have that same connection because readers tend to love books when they can find something of themselves in the, you know, the characters they're reading. So I just wanted to jump back to the fact that you have four books coming out this year, and that's like a crazy amount. How do you write so much? <laughs> I have little mini Despicable Me minions. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I try to, like, it's like, I would say like writing is like homework, if you don't make time for it, it doesn't happen. So, um, you know, I have time that's carved out during the day when my kids are in school. Um, when, you know, I sit down and I say, okay, I have to write 2,500 words. And that sounds like a lot, but when you think about chapters in books, it's actually like one chapter. So, um, yeah, it's just focus and it's, you know, it's hard, but a couple of these books were written before. So it was really just editing and polishing them to make them ready for publication. So I didn't write like, you know, nine billion thousand gazillion words. <laughs> and since you are so prolific, do you ever experience a writer's block where you just sit down and can't think of anything? You know, writer's block has hit me on occasion. Um, there are different ways to kind of deal with it. You can either push through the block, which I like to do because I'm just a very, um, you know, I, I don't like to sit down. Otherwise, I'll obsess about something. So I sit down and I say, right, you're going to push through this block. But you know, that may not work for some people. Sometimes it makes sense to leave your work, step away from it, whether that's a couple hours or a day or a week, you know, you take as long as you need to. Um, because sometimes creative juices, they just, if you push them too hard, they might just frustrate you. So <laughs> you have to do kind of whatever works for your personality. So this is all very exciting um, information and stuff that you've been telling us. But, um, like, unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment. But you're going to be with us, luckily, in our next segment. So we'll continue this conversation and find out more about you and your books in the next segment. So um, visit Amali at www.amalihoward.com or on Twitter at, um, at Amali Howard. I'm Ryan Sim. And I'm Young Juwon. Visit us at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check us out on Tumblr at btsyaradio.tumblr.com. We'll be right back.
Are you ready to explore the amazing world under the sea? Your host is a certified scuba diver, explorer, he likes to cook, and most of all, he's just a kid like you. You'll find out a lot more lies under the sea than what you've seen on TV, in movies, and even in aquatic parks. You'll learn about all kinds of fish, as well as other sea creatures. We'll take you to some exotic destinations and so much more. There's a whole big world under sea just waiting to be discovered. Tune in to Under the Sea, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Kids. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune in to What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the Tech Team, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Young Juan, and today's theme is about diversity in cultures. And I'm Ryan Sin. In our last segment, we introduced you to international best-selling young adult author from Trinidad, Amali Howard, a very prolific writer. In this segment, we'll be asking more questions about her journey from Caribbean girl to best-selling author. Amali received a bachelor's degree from Colby College in Maine in international studies and French and a certificate in French literature from the École Normale Supérieure in Paris, France. Traveling the globe, she has worked as a research assistant, teen speaker, and sales executive. She currently resides in New York with her husband and three children. Thanks for staying with us, Amali. Awesome. Glad to be here. So, um, Publishers Weekly gave praise for The Almost Girl as a high-octane thriller. 
Blood Spell is about vampires and witches. Waterfe- Waterfall is fantasy meets science fiction. And in Alpha Goddess, you are blending mythology with fantasy with your unique take on the Hindu myth of Ramayana, the epic love story of Rama and Sita. How do you go from thriller to vampires to science fiction to mythology to fantasy? Can you tell us how this imagination works? <laughs> My imagination is a little kind of <laughs> off the charts, I think, sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I read a lot as a teen, um, a ton. Like, I read, if I wasn't doing sports, which I also loved, or doing homework, I was reading. So, you know, I mean, when I started writing, I knew I had, like, a bunch of different ideas that I just wanted to get out on the paper. Um, and even, you know, inspiration also comes to me when I like I said, I still read. So if I read a great book and I have an idea or I see a movie and something just clicks, I'm like, oh, I got to jot that down because that could be a great story for, you know, another time. But my, my, my area of, you know, just the books that I love are really like fantasy, science fiction. I'm kind of getting into contemporary a little bit, but yeah, I love all the strange stuff. (laughs) And so your first book was Bloodspell. And what will fans of this book like best about your other titles? Um, fans of Bloodspell, I think, would like the same kind of, you know, I, I love focusing on world building and making sure that when my readers read my books, they can really sink their teeth and themselves sort of into, uh, no pun intended, um, into, into the books. Um, and feel like they're in the story. Like, I think that I'm a really visual writer just because I I enjoy movies so much, so I would like the experience to be similar. Um, I think they would like the really strong heroines, and sometimes, you know, strong is such a weird word because strength really comes from knowing who you are and accepting flaws and then figuring out how to overcome those flaws so that you can, you know, get to where you're going. And I think... In a strong heroine, what I want to, you know, communicate to my readers is that even if you don't have to be the most powerful witch in the world or the most, you know, a sci-fi cybernetic soldier or an alien sea princess to be able to accomplish something. I want people to be inspired by my heroine. So I think similar to Bloodspell, you're going to find, you know, multifaceted heroines, um, super deep world building because I enjoy that and hopefully a great story. Yeah, I watch a lot of, like, 90s chick flicks, and um, <laughs> at times it doesn't seem like the characters are the strongest people. They all have emotional problems, and they're all facing different, like, school struggles, but they're strong in the way that they deal with problems. And so I love what you're saying about how you want people to be inspired by your work and not just see the strongest witch or the strongest person. But right. I have a question. Will any of your books become a movie down the road? Uh, fingers crossed. Um, I've had some, uh, producer interest, um, but you know, that, that all gets worked through the, (laughs) my agent and, um, you know, I would love to see my movie, my books on my movies. I would love to see my movies. I would love to see my books on the big screen. Certainly. I mean, it's, it's really rewarding. And I mean, I couldn't even imagine what Stephanie Meyer or Suzanne Collins felt when they saw (laughs) even, you know, Divergent, when you see those films on the screen, it must be an amazing feeling. So um, going back to Alpha Goddess, um, which is your take on an Indian mythological tale, where did mm-hmm. you first hear about this, um, like this Indian myth? You know, um, so my part of my background is I grew up in a Hindu household. My father is a um, 
a pundit. Um, so Hinduism was a big part of my um, upbringing. And I heard this story when I was a child, and it's one of the many stories that I heard growing up. So when I, you know, started toying with this idea, I knew that I wanted to bring something fresh and different to the table that I had grown up with, but I needed to make it more accessible to Western readers, right? So, yeah. you know, I've always been a huge fan of Greek mythology, like that story, uh, Hades and Persephone. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so... I love that story because it's so dark and romantic <laughs> and I mean, you know, and I wanted to find a story that would have create that similar feeling. Um, so what I did was I was actually in the beginning going to kind of marry the two Greek and Indian mythology, but it became too cumbersome. It just didn't work. <laughs> So I decided to focus just on the Ramayana and the story of Rama and Sita and basically do a retelling, like a reimagining of what if they had a different, hmm. you know, they had a different reincarnation of themselves in the future. And it's, so it's set in a contemporary setting. And what would happen if they had to come together and find themselves to save the world? Hmm. So that was kind of like where I was going with that. But yeah, I mean, I heard that story when I was a kid. And, you know, I think diversity in literature is really important because we're a diverse world. Yeah. And how else do you incorporate the cultures you come across into your writing? Oh, good question. Um, <clears throat> I do that like, you know, sometimes, I mean, I lived in France for a big portion of my life. Um, and, you know, I, I think I lived in something like five countries before I was 21. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and I take little tidbits of the cultures of the people, maybe how they behave, certain characteristics of their culture. And I always try to put it in to my work somehow. Um, even if it's something as small as a, a meal they might have sitting down on the floor instead of at a table, you know what I mean? I just like little different pieces that make a story more authentic, If you're, especially if you're inventing like a species, which I did. Um, in The Almost Girl, I invented a whole parallel universe, but you know, you wanna make it different enough. So I definitely pull from all of my experience with different cultures just to make it you know, more authentic. Uh, could you tell us about the books you have coming out this year and a little bit more about them? Sure. Um, so I had, so this year, a big year, I have, you know, four books coming out. The first one that came out was uh, The Almost Girl with Strange Chemistry. It came out in January. It's about a female soldier from a parallel universe who was sent here to Earth <laughs> to find a mysterious boy. Um, Alpha Goddess, which we were talking about with Sky Pony Press, um, just came out, um, actually, I think it's coming out next week. They had oh, a delay wow. in, yeah, they had a wow. delay in shipping. So, um, my original date was March 4th, but they moved it to the 18th. So it's kind of like my premature baby that's out, but not out yet. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, and it's near and dear to my heart, as I said, about a, a girl who finds out she's a reincarnated Indian goddess and a conduit between the heavens and hell. Um, following uh, Waterfowl, which came out last November about an alien sea princess who has to decide whether to defend her throne or hide in the human world forever, that sequel to that series is coming out in August. It's Oceanborn with Harlequin Teen. And, you know, this sequel takes off from when my protagonist is crowned, but things aren't always as they seem. And, as you know, there's always people jumping out oh. from the sidelines. <laughs> And lastly, the sequel to The Almost Girl, which came out in January, is scheduled for November. Yeah, this sounds like a really exciting year for you and all your readers and fans. When you were talking about parallel universes, it all most reminded me of Murakami, who is a Japanese writer who is very prolific himself. And 
one thing I realized when reading this book, I've never read books from other cultures before, so it was really interesting to see how the little nuances you add to make them really seem like the people that right. they're from. Right. No, that's fantastic. I love that as well. <laughs> and do you have any other suggestions to help aspiring writers better themselves and their craft? Yeah, absolutely. You know, for any aspiring writer, just I would say keep writing. Um, read as many books as you can get your hands on. Um, you know, some do's and don'ts. You know, polish your manuscript until you can't polish anymore. Join a critique group. Get some feedback. Do research. Um get on social media, make friends, figure out what they're writing about, you know, and don't give up. That's the last thing. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not good enough. The only people, the only person who gets to decide that is you. Okay. So, well, unfortunately we're out of time. So thank you so much for these fascinating insights to culture around the world through your novels. Um, you can visit Amali at www.amalihoward.com or on Twitter at I'm Molly Howard. I'm Ryan Sim. And I'm Young Juwon. You are listening to Express Yourself Teen Radio. Check us out on Tumblr at btsyaradio.tumblr.com. Stick around. When you're 12 years old, it seems as if nobody understands what you go through. You're not quite a teenager yet, but you're definitely not a little kid anymore. Tune in to Life at 12 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through 12 and on to 13 and beyond. It's a tough point in your life right now. Get the advice you need on Life at 12, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Today's show is about honoring cultural diversity. And I'm Ryan Sin. So today we're going to be hearing from Henna on her segment, Our Health, uh, Health with Henna, to share a research study on cultural diversity. Hi, Henna. Hi, Ryan. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing really good. Hi, everyone. I'm Henna Hundle, and I'm thrilled to be talking with you today. 
on my new segment, Health with Henna for Express Yourself. I'm an 11th grader from Turlock, California, with a mission to empower the new generation to lead active, healthy lives. I believe that if teens can get off on the right foot by making healthy lifestyle choices, then there's no telling what we'll be able to accomplish. Now, there's no doubt that cultural diversity is a beautiful thing. I love learning all about the unique features of every culture, and I enjoy taking part in many different cultural festivities whenever I can. I have always been a strong believer that every culture has fascinating qualities and attributes, and if we can learn to fully embrace them, then life becomes more beautiful and grand for all of us. But, as great as this sounds, it's a shame that it's still not the reality we live in. It's an unfortunate truth that we haven't learned to completely embrace cultural diversity. Racially discriminatory attitudes still hold, and new research proves that they have detrimental effects on our health. A study published in early February this year in the journal Child Development showed the variety of health problems that can come about if an individual has to endure racial discrimination during their teenage years. The study, which was conducted by researchers from the University of Georgia, took a look at teenagers from the ages of 16 through 18 who had to endure racial discrimination in forms such as racially-based insults, disrespectful treatment, and physical threats. The researchers found that the teenagers who had to endure racial discrimination without a lot of emotional support had higher levels of blood pressure, body mass index, and stress-related hormones by the age of 20. These negative health effects only continued on through adulthood. Clearly, this study really shows how crucial it is for us to be welcoming of others' cultural differences. If we don't, we create the potential of a whole generation of kids having health troubles that could so easily be prevented if we just appreciate people for who they are. David Williams, a professor at the Harvard School of Public Health, put it really well when he said, quote, when a person's sense of human dignity is violated, there are physiological consequences, end quote. We need to learn how to embrace the cultural diversity around us and see it for the beautiful thing it is. It's one of the greatest ways we can help the teenagers of today mature into happy, healthy individuals. I definitely think that embracing cultural diversity is a really big step in America's future as well as all over the world. And it can start, like you said, locally in our own communities. And why do you think this study is so significant? Well, I think the study really very clearly laid out how long-term the impacts of racism are. You know, a racially discriminatory act may be a one-time thing that a person has to go through, but the effects are here to stay, and they build up, they accumulate, and when they begin to take a toll on health, well, that makes the gravity of the issue even greater. So when I was listening to the report that you just gave about how this study clearly detailed that there's a strong correlation between racial discrimination and health, um, I always thought that there definitely would be some sort of correlation between the two. But I never thought that there would be such a strong link between racial discrimination and health. So were you surprised at all to find that there's such a strong link between the two? You know, I agree with you. I actually was. I think we at least all have an intuitive idea that racial discrimination is horrible. But the idea that it can so truly negatively affect our health is really mind-boggling to think about. 
And, and no, I think it's something we need to keep in mind when we talk about what to do with racial discrimination going on today. And strictly biologically speaking, why exactly did the racial discrimination cause all those health problems in young adults? Well, primarily, the researchers took a look at the link between racial discrimination and what they call allostatic load. Uh, now, you can think of allostatic load as the kind of wear and tear of the body over time. And that allostatic load is affected by the activation of different stressors. And the researchers found that racial discrimination, particularly during the teenage years, really activated those stressors and contributed to a lot of tear of the health and body breakdown. So um, I know that we've been through a lot in terms of the United States with like um, segregation and like civil rights and all of these different events that really came to show how the United States was sort of looking like it was going to be embracing more cultural diversity. But how much do you really think that the United States or the world for that matter has advanced in terms of appreciating cultural diversity, not maybe just on like the legal or like societal level, but like on an individual level? Like, do you think the average person now appreciates cultural diversity more? Well, I think we've definitely come a long way. There's no doubt about that. But even that being said, I think we still have a long way left to go. You know, once entrenched, those racially discriminatory attitudes are hard to get rid of. You know, they don't vanish within a generation or even two or even three. They create a whole atmosphere of fear and paranoia and distrust. And that really does persist in individual minds for a long time after. So I think America and the world still has a lot left to do to take care of racism. Yeah, I agree with you when you say that because so far a lot of concentration on racism, as Ryan brought up, has been through civil rights actions and giving giving legal action. So although these people seem legally, legally they're equal on paper, it often isn't that way when you interact mm -hmm. with people and your attitude. So what more should be taking place in order to alleviate this problem to the root of this problem? Well, I think the best way to really combat the whole idea of racism is to begin fresh with the young, with each new generation. Children are the most impressionable, and so racism will not be able to continue if each new generation refuses to go along with that type of ideology. So I think primarily we need to open up the dialogue with young people today about racism, and that'll be the first step toward eradicating the problem. Can you tell us a little bit about what cultural diversity means to you? Well, I think cultural diversity means more than kind of acknowledging the fact that we are surrounded by people of many different backgrounds. To me, cultural diversity really means actively welcoming the fact that we get to enjoy these different heritages. It means giving value to each culture, really taking the time to appreciate what each culture has to offer. And there are many ways to do that. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with you when you say that because oftentimes I see on Facebook or different social media outlets like, oh, repost this picture if you support this or if you support diversity. And it's not very difficult to change your profile picture for a month and to just do that. But it's really difficult to actively encourage cultural diversity and allowing 
an open mind when you talk with people of different backgrounds? And what are some ideas for how other people can enjoy cultural diversity as well as different cultures? Well, first, I really think that it's highly likely that if you look hard and long enough, you're going to find some type of neat cultural event going on in your area or even a neighboring town, maybe. So I think don't be afraid to take advantage of that. They're really great. I've been to many, actually, in my hometown, and I've absolutely loved them. So I would really encourage people to take a look at that. Um, But even on top of that, a great way to enjoy different cultures is to get a taste of their different cuisines. I mean, you can't (laughs) go wrong with that. And now in the information age, we have such great access to information about different cultures. So broaden your intellectual horizons by reading up on different cultures. Learn a new language. It's really not as daunting as it may seem. And when you do, the results are really incredible. Do you think that you can tell us a little bit about the cultural diversity and some of the festivities that take place in your hometown? Right. Well, I come from Turlock, California, and that's right in the heart of California's Central Valley. And it's really beautiful because we have a rich blend of cultures there. We've got a large population of people with Latino roots, actually a little over 35%. And we've got a large Assyrian population, and we've got a large Portuguese community here, too. So, you know, I nearly feel as if we've got the world within Turlock. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Hannah, for the research and your thoughts. It's fascinating when we look at the diversity of all of our different cultures. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and Kidstar for producing this show. Thanks to our Voice America Kids crew, especially Perry Damone and Bruce Solstein. Thanks to our guests from across the world. And thanks to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Ryan Sim. I'm Young Juwon, and you have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. Until next week, remember, be healthy, be kind, and strive for diversity. Speak up and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself go. My name is Lindsay Marie from Phoenix, Arizona and host of Bookworm. The Kids Store album of the month this month is Back in School, Neil Brewer and Friends. Let's listen to Dodgeball. Look out, Mary's got the ball. And her eyes are set on you. She's lean, she's mean, she's quick and tall. There's nothing you can do. One time she drew a beat on Fred back when he first moved in. She slung one straight upside his head Fred hasn't played since then We laughed when we first saw her throw With that wind-up fling and twirl Now every single kid I know 
tries throwing like that girl But none of us have matched her way Perhaps it's in the eyes We only know that when she plays We drop like swatted flies Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law She should even play it all Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat Same thing happens every day Mary puts us in our place Though we try, we cannot get away From that Mona Lisa face Each day we wonder who it is She's gonna level first And when she's through with what she does We all line up for the nurse Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary's gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law She should even play it all Dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat When I go out into the world Don't know what job I'll do But I can bet I'm the one girl Who's gonna run a wrecking crew Dodgeball, dodgeball us fall, it ought to be against the law, she should even play it on, dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary sure is beautiful, but friend, I wouldn't tell her that, cause she'll wind up hard, she gonna wind up hard, she gonna wind up hard, and you'll wind up flat. The Kid Star Album of the Month is Back in School by Neil Brewer and Friends. All musical proceeds Neil Brewer and Friends received are donated to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute to put an end to muscular dystrophy. For more information, go to the Kid Star website www.kidstar.org.